I cannot tell you the number of times I have been in the counseling room and I have had the husband just come in and just can't believe what his wife is doing or what she's not doing. And, uh, you know, and they got this verse memorized. You know, my wife needs to submit. But uh, th- this isn't... Uh, this isn't a call to uh, look at our wife's problems, but this is more of a, uh, a call to talk about how we shepherd our wives. <clears throat> Since scripture, let me, let me go to the outline first. What is your wife's responsibility? Responsibility is the blank. Uh, Since scripture commands your wife to submit to you as to the Lord, since scripture is clear that you are the responsible party, in your marriage, in the headship that has been given to you by the Lord. Since this is true, do you believe it's true? First, before I go on, does everybody agree that, yeah, it's true? That scripture's clear, wife has to submit, scripture's clear, husband's responsible party, husband needs to lead, we agree? Okay. Uh, guys, you are called to be a man that makes it easy for your wife to submit to you. Uh, if your wife is called to follow God, you must be a man that walks worthy in a manner that you could be followed. And you know what? I, I will say, 100% of the time, a Christian husband and a Christian wife, not that they're going to get it right 100% of the time, but 100% of the time, being devoted to the Lord, if you as men are shepherding your heart and because you're caring for your home and you're, you're helping make it easy for your wives to be shepherding their own hearts, you will become a man that is easy to follow. You will become the man that is easy to submit to. Uh, and I, I would say this. If you are a man that is shepherding your heart well, in part of shepherding your heart well is recognizing in its first Timothy 1:15, and, and I love it when Paul says this is a trustworthy statement because I always say whenever whenever I see Paul say this is a trustworthy statement, the first thing I say to myself, well, is it still a trustworthy statement? And of course it is. It, this is a trustworthy statement that Jesus Christ died for sinners. Do you view yourself as Paul as the worst? And if I have a gospel focus on my own life of recognizing my own sinfulness, I become the type of servant leader in the home that makes it easy for my wife. You make it easy for your wife to submit to. Uh, you know, I, see, I have seen so many husbands that are more concerned about their wife's lack of submission than their own walk with the Lord and with their own obedience. Uh, you know, if you are concerned about your wife's obedience to God, wouldn't you want to make it easy on her? And guys, it starts. I, and I use this analogy frequently whenever it comes to Scripture. It's like a hinge. Scripture always works like a hinge. And if you mess it up, that is not going to open. But it will always be fluid. And this whole purpose of marriage and God's design for marriage becomes kind of circular. 
as you care for your wife, as you're making sure, and for, for dads with, the, with young kids in the house, it could be, it's just helping your wife find the time. I, I know for myself, when we're babysitting grandkids, uh, it didn't take rocket science to figure out how hard it is for me to find time for, for devotional time with kids in the house when they're spending the night. Uh, you know what? I've got some grandkids when they're over, they wake up at seven. I have some that wake up at six. And if I want to be in the Word, I need to figure out a time, and that means Tom has to get up before the grandkids. And I would, guys, if you are a husband with a wife with kids, you need to take direction here and help your wives. Because I know for myself, and believe me, I have a much easier life than than any mom that is home with with kids. I know how hard it is, but guys, this is your responsibility before the Lord. This is you setting direction. This is you leading. Help your wife that she would be shepherding her heart. Because remember what we said at the beginning? If your relationship with the Lord is deficient, your relationship's going to be deficient with other people. And we need to be men that makes it easy for our wives to submit to. We need to be men that are concerned with our wives' growth with the Lord and that they're finding time. And I, I can't stress it enough, guys. Uh, don't don't be just looking at the inadequacies, but be looking at what are the solutions? What what may be going on here that's causing this stress? And, and it could be that your wife's not having time to care for her own heart. Um, hate it when I give myself notes and have no clue why I wrote that. <laughs> Just gonna keep that one between me and the Lord. Don't have a clue what what that was. Pardon me. Grandkids. You know what? I, there are no grandkids in our house right now, but in red crayon. <laughs> but I, Ann and I became grandparents again last Sunday. Our uh, our daughter Krista gave birth to our fifth grandchild, our first granddaughter, Girls Rock. And uh, <laughs> I, I am going to to move on from. Uh, the wise responsibility, unless, does anybody have a question or comment? Anything that maybe you've learned that might be helpful? Mike? Um, I came from, like, a, I guess you'd call it patriarchal. I don't know. There's, like, a sect of people in the church that's, like, the man. I guess it's a dominating, like, chauvinistic almost kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It diminishes the woman. Like, this is licensed for us to lord over our wives. Ah. Um, and... I love reading back in Genesis where it says make him a helper suitable for him. Um, and so just to think of your wife and that role that she like that doesn't mean she's like there to prop me up, you know. Like that's the perspective yeah. I came from. Um, and I realized what that meant was she, she's there actually to um, hold me up. Uh, <laughs> if that makes sense. But uh, like just viewing your, your wife's role as um, complimentary encouragement to you uh, like going to Shepherds with all the guys and not having our wives hmm. it was pretty evident um, 
where all of our dignity comes from. <laughs> I, I don't have a clue what you're talking about, Mike. I was in bed by about 10 o'clock, but I did hear about you and the people in your room. But <laughs> so it was, uh, you know, it was, it was a really sweet time to kind of reflect on just like what Proverbs 31 talks about when, um, like, your wife is the reason why the elders in the street know you. Mm. So just kind of viewing your wife's role is. is Really being, you know, First Corinthians 11 talks about being like, um, yeah. worthy. Something like, wear the crown of her head, and she kind of wears us that way with, with dignity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's a great point. I, uh, you know, the whole thing with, I, I see far too many people that, men that are lording leaders, uh, you could put it this way, just control freaks. And very just controlling of everything and lording, and it needs to be just the way. Uh, you know that is that is not the picture of dying to self. And, and let me say another thing about leading. Frequently, we think of leading as the guy at the front pulling everybody behind. But sometimes, as a leader, you get behind everybody else, and you gently are pushing them also. You know, there, there's two ways to lead. One, by being a lording dictator of everybody do what dad says, or standing behind and being the encourager, being the cheerleader, to be moving the family. Yeah, and it's what you, I'm going to guess most of you have heard me say this before. One of my life verses <coughs> is Hebrews 3.13. You know, encourage one another today as long as it's called today so that no one falls into the deceitfulness of sin. You know, in part of that being the encourager, sometimes you're the cheerleader leading from from behind, kind of pushing in that direction. Mike, thank you, though. I, I, I think that's so important because I don't know where it came from, but just being a, a dominating force in the house, that's not Christ. Happy guy. On investment Ephesians 5, it's not this, we're talking about husband, not the wives, Jesus Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. I think the scriptures are just description, but it means, I mean, use Christ and the love of Christ has for the church and how that he gave for her, I mean, for the church, and how that men are supposed to be like Christ toward our wife, wife being like a church. I mean, the price that Christ paid, I think the responsibility and how that, I mean, he has done so much for us. I mean, really, we don't do much. I mean, we, we respond to his love. Yes. Uh, and we need to walk in his ways, ask him for help. But he does, man, he does a lot. So I think it's the, the same thing for husband, for guys. We have a lot. I mean, we are, we are like, I mean... I'm not trying to make a comparison, but I think I'm trying to see the, the just the script itself. It's men a lot. Yeah. We call. Because Christ has done a lot. You know, um, happy God, that is a great point of what Christ has done. And, and I'll tie it to a verse. Uh, Romans 2.4. Yeah, and we sing this song, and I love it when we sing the song, but you know, it's your kindness, Lord, that leads us to repentance. You know, if you want to see repentance 
try some kindness. Try, try being lovingly kind. Try, try to be, have compassion for the other person because scripture is true. It is, and we are instruments of God. It is God's kindness and he uses us as instruments of kindness. It is kindness that leads others to repentance. You, you may see a deficiency in your marriage. And this is a call to shepherd your spouse. How do I show Christ's kindness here? Section three should be question nine. Uh, and this is kind of moving away from Ephesians, but maybe it's not. Uh, husbands, love your wife by living a life that avoids regrets. From years of studying God's word, counseling, I think I would have some regrets if I did not talk about some of the common areas I see men fail to love their wives. Uh, A is love your wife by putting off anger. I cannot tell you how many... I can only imagine. You guys know exactly what I'm saying. How many angry people you come into contact with? Uh, there, there's some facts about anger, and this is still in the handout, and it's a little bit more than one word. It's a phrase. Anger is natural to the human heart. So this is not about you sitting here saying, I'm not an angry person, liar. Uh, you know what? It is natural to the human heart. In, in Genesis 6-5, God describes you and I very well. It says, The Lord saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. God sums it up pretty clearly. You know, the heart of our problem is a problem with the heart. Uh, so, how do you deal with your anger? Uh, I think as men, we need to agree with God, and we need to confess our sin. Uh, all too frequently, we blame the other person. She did this. Uh, we blame our person. I'm just, I'm just a type. Uh, we may blame a chemical imbalance. You know, I just, you know, it's the way God made me. Guys, the problem is the heart. Scripture says it's clear. It has nothing to do with what anybody else has. It has to do with the intentions of our heart. Two, uh, anger always involves thoughts and intentions. And that's Ephesians 4, 17 and 18. Uh, let me go to 4, 17 and 18 and, and just read it. Now this I say and testify in the Lord that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of their ignorance that is in them due to the hardness of heart. Uh, guys, your anger stems from your thoughts and your intentions of what's in your heart. Uh, three, anger is caused by not being able to 
to attain our selfish goals. And the blank there is attain our selfish goals. And the picture of that is James 4.1. And, and I'm going to read this to you. What causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? Is it not your passions are at war within you? Those passions, those selfish goals. It's not talking about evil passions. It's not. It doesn't talk about it. Sometimes it's good intentions. Sometimes you can be 100% right. But when things don't go your way, we, we sin. It, it is attained by our selfish goal. It, it's not taking time to shepherd others around us. Uh, James 1.20 uh, tells us that anger never accomplishes God's righteous goal. You know, face it, guys. When we get angry, uh, it's probably really, 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 really rare, if ever, that it's righteous anger, indignation for the Lord. Uh, it is usually because we didn't get things in a timely manner the way we wanted. It didn't go the way that we planned on it. Um, and you know what? And I know many of you have heard me say this. If life were always easy, I would never depend on the Lord. It is good for me to have trials. Do we embrace trials, though? Typically, we'll do anything to make that trial go away. I don't want this hardship. And uh, in the midst of that, we sin. So, uh, point B on your outline is love your wife by putting off, and here's the blank, anxiety and fear. I've given you some verses there. Uh, I think husbands have a great potential to worry because of the great responsibility that we have. I think we face <coughs> pressures of one type or another, and anxiety and fear often comes when we fear something more than God and may want something more than what God is giving us at the moment. I, I think there's some common areas where men are, are prone to anxiety and fear. Uh, it's fear of what others will think. It's fear of man. And, and frequently for husbands, it, it becomes at the wife's expense that, that we will sacrifice our wife's needs for what others may think. Uh, it's uh, Here's you know my particular uh, idol in life is the pain-free, comfortable life. You know, it's avoiding... Uh, difficult circumstances because we just don't want to deal with it. And uh, I think that causes our wife to bat, to struggle, to sin. Uh, it's losing something we have. It's a fear of losing a job. It's money. It's health. It's fear of the future. It's all those things. And how do we shepherd our wives? Uh, you know, I think Scripture is so sufficient and God knew that this would be a we would be a battle for us. So, you know, two places I always go: Psalm 103 and Psalm 145. And the reason I mention that is because it's two particular places in Scripture where you can go, and it's a line item list of God's faithfulness. It's God's graciousness, His mercy, His goodness, His grace. And and there are times I think for all of us, and I know for myself, I need to remind myself of God's faithfulness, that I would be the man that puts this off. And I need to shepherd my wife in the same way. 
Uh, all fears usually lead to sinful behavior. If we don't grasp God's faithfulness in the midst of the trial, if we don't grasp God's uh, character, it usually will lead to a sinful behavior. You know, I uh, here's what I have learned, and you know, hopefully it's helpful. I, I think that the greatest part of fear is the unknown, of not having a clue. And, and I would encourage us as as guys, and if you aren't married yet, I'd encourage you that you don't do the same mistake. I, I was married seven years before I became a Christian, and the sanctification process was slow at first. So that being said, you know, we need to be men that talk to our wives. We need to be men that pray with our wives. And uh, I'll tell you, I uh, guys I talk to, this is just something that I think doesn't happen enough in the church. Uh, I hear great excuses for it. You know, I I'm a night person. She's a morning person, vice versa. Yeah, it's yeah. We intend to do it. We just don't do it. Guys, if you want to curb fear and anxiety in both your own heart and your spouse's heart, and if you desire to care for your wife and a desire to have your wife care for you, you need to be praying together. It, it needs to be your priority. Uh, and for the guys who are soon to get married here, let me tell you how easy it is to put this one off. I don't care of the best in- intentions. It gets put off, but if you if you want to take care of anxiety and fear in both your heart and your wife's heart, be praying together that you're on the same page, that you're dependent on the Lord, you're not depending <coughs> on yourself. Uh, you know, we need to lead our spouses in showing and, and leading in how we trust God. It's more than a, a pithy statement to see if he's going to trust God. No, there is definitely things that we do that allow our wives to be comforted to knowing that we truly do trust God. C on your list, uh, this is a huge one, and I'm sure you, every one of you probably figured it would be on here. Love your wife by putting off lust. Uh, guys, I cannot tell you the destruction I have seen Lust, pornography, uh, masturbation, the destruction that I have seen it cause in marriages. Uh, I'll, I'll give you some examples just for for because you, you don't think like women most likely, but I'll, I'll tell you some of the things I've seen. I have seen women that don't understand men's lust, don't understand... Uh, when a husband uses pornography, and I have had on more than one occasion women that want a divorce, saying, he's being unfaithful, he's committing adultery. I have seen on more than one occasion the wife that says, I have small children in the house, I don't get this behavior, Uh, I can't leave my husband alone with the kids. You talk about ramifications? You, You talk about your sin affecting your house? Uh, it, it, it destroys trust. 
there's it destroys accountability. Uh, I I have seen some wives that say I want nothing to do with this. I've had other wives say I'm okay to be you know an accountable partner for my my husband here. Uh, guys, I have seen because of pride the lack of confession of sin. Uh, and I, I want to tie it to a verse, and it's James 5:16, and I'll read it. And it says, "Therefore, confess your sins one to another and pray for one another, that you may be healed. That the prayer of a righteous person may be great and powerful, as it is working." Uh, guys, if you if you are struggling, battling in the battle with lust, uh, yeah, this isn't a call that your wife needs to be your accountability partner. She may very well be the one. But guys, you need to have somebody in your life that you're honest with and say, hey, this is what I'm battling. Uh, I don't want to be this kind of man. Uh, I'll tell you, the, the destruction that I have seen in this area of marriage, and I, I, I've talked to, to single guys that say, Gosh, yeah, once I get married, I'm, I'm never going to lust again. Liar. Uh, you know, it's not true. Guys, God tells us back in Genesis that this is the way men are going to be prone to sin. The question are, are we going to be men that will confess sin? Are we going to be men that confess quickly? Are we willing to be held accountable? You know... I, I see it as an area of life that uh, I think more than anything else of the regrets, I see this as one of the, probably the, of what I've dealt with and what, I, what I've seen in counseling, this is the number one killer of uh, you want to you wanna ruin, when I say intimacy, I'm not talking just sexual intimacy, I'm talking about that one flesh with your spouse, the, the oneness. Guys, if this is a battle in your life, you know, get some accountability around you. Uh, and obviously the Holy Spirit wanted you guys to hear this today because I opened up my email this morning. And I get, uh, every day I get things from Alistair Begg's uh, website from his ministry. And I, when I tell you never, they never opened for me. Today it did. And, and, and this is just off his website. I will completely uh, give him credit for it. And I have no, I, when I say it never opens, the page never loads. When I, it, not once. It ne- somebody needs to hear this. That never once has his page opened. I, I'm not exaggerating. Not once. So here it is. Somebody, somebody in this room needs to hear this. Yikes. Uh, men, you wonder and think about Christ's love. And, and I know in this group we do. I, I hear I hear guys that are on fire for evangelism. I, I hear guys that are just on fire to be involved in other people's lives. You wonder and think about Christ's love. We admire Christ's love. I know as a group. I see you guys. I listen to you guys. I watch you guys. You admire Christ's love. 
Are you imitating it in your marriage? And then I added this. Are you imitating this in your dating? Uh, guys, think about this. Because I, I know, I, so many of you, I, I know how, how much you love the Lord. I know how much you, you praise his love. How much you admire what Jesus did on the cross. Before we close, any questions, comments? Eric. Um, pornography yes. is but one manifestation of Christ. Uh, yes. Again, I want us to take every thought to Christ. Um, so if you're not struggling with pornography, that doesn't mean we're not struggling with lust. Um, you're right. I just wanted to you know, walk you around the issue. Much broader than absolutely. You know, it reminds me. I was sitting with a couple several years ago, and uh, she said, "You know, I." And this is a guy I would go have lunch with maybe once a month, and I have never seen him checking out women. I, you know, I, I've never seen this. And and she says, "You know, it, I just hate it. He's always watching other women." And I'm thinking. I mean, especially after she has said this, I, I really watch for this moment with this guy, and I've, I've never seen it. But this, and I, and I don't know what the truth is. You know, I don't have a clue. And I don't need to know, I guess, anymore. But, because uh, we surely, we, we talked about it, we, we beat that, that puppy up, but uh, lust is how you even look at other you know, and Eric, I appreciate you pointing that out because it, it is much broader than pornography, much much broader. You know, and let me let me let me tell you how broad it is. It's an attitude of the heart. It, it's not an attitude of the eyes. It's not an attitude of the environment we live in. It's because it's what's in here. Why does it come out? Because it's what's in there. 